Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one in French or English, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and a website can be found at lifecoach.amplag.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for a second episode of season 11, a very special guest and author and coach, Rick Halen. And just like every of my past episodes, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Rick, the floor is yours. Dr. Dan, thanks. Great to be on your podcast with you. And thanks for all the great work you do in counseling and coaching and helping people. So yeah, I'm, uh, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah with my wife, Cheryl. We have six kids and 15 grandkids, and we're blessed to have them all within 30 minutes. So that's exciting. I'm originally from a place called Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, but we've been here for 25 years. So I don't speak French, but I am from originally from Canada. Um, and uh, two years ago, I retired from a uh, wonderful 32-year consulting career um, where I started with a small company and we grew it to 250 people. And uh, after I retired, I said, you know, what, what's what do I really want to do now? So I look back at my purpose statement that I developed as a 26-year-old, and it led me to uh, publish a book and do some coaching on purpose and goals and living your best life. So that that's kind of what I've been up to the last little bit. Beautiful. Wow. So what made you leave after 32 years of being a consultant? What made you leave your, uh, I would say, comfortable? Did you decide to retire or you felt that you wanted to have a change? Uh, good question. A little bit of both. Um, financially, I was secure enough to retire. I was tired of travel. Uh, it was a pretty hectic 25 years. I was on the road a lot. Most of our clients are not in or were not in Utah. They were in California, Alberta, Texas, et cetera. And so it was, uh, you know, one of those things where unfortunately I'm a three million mile miler on Delta and a lifetime diamond or whatever the highest level is on Marriott. So yes, those do help when you travel for on personal basis, but it got to be a grind. And so I wanted to do something different. So I went back to my purpose statement that talked about continuous improvement and uh, helping others. And uh, so I went back to that and I said, well, what other version without travel could I do? This is just before COVID <laughs> where we stopped traveling anyhow. Yes, and um, so I came up with this idea of this online coaching business where I could, you know, help through books and products and uh, online coaching. Beautiful. So if you look back uh, 26, when you were 26 years old and you wrote that uh, purpose statement, and when you look at it now, after having 30 some years experience, additional experience in your life and all, um, has your purpose statement changed dramatically or has you, have you had to just tweak it a little bit to be able to kind of like adapt to the new changes? Yeah, really good question, Dan. So yeah, it has adapted slightly. Uh, I remember in my 40s going back and looking at it and um, it's always had words like I want to be involved in, you know, helping in driving continuous improvement in my life and, and others in my circle of influence. Okay. And um, 
in my 40s, I found, you know, after reading a couple of great books called, by Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now, and other great books that taught me about, you know, I, I had figured out this idea of striving for excellence and setting goals and purpose. And but what I hadn't really worked on is how do you then stay happy and present in the moment? You know, that's kind of a great balance, isn't it? How to stay hungry, striving, trying to accomplish something out of your life and how to stay full and satisfied and enjoy each moment. And so I didn't even really even know those concepts. And so that's kind of the latter half of the book is my journey through, first of all, purpose and goals and striving, and then my journey through staying present and enjoying and acceptance. And uh, so I tried to bring that together in the book. But yeah, to answer your question, in my 40s, I tweaked it and added a line like I want to practice and teach continuous improvement with love and compassion for myself and others. Like, um, you know, even, even as I deal with my kids and now adult kids, I wanted them to know, I wanted to stand, I wanted to make that declaration that, yes, I'm, I'm about striving and achieving and trying to, uh, you know, make great things out of your life and enjoy great experiences. But I also want to do that with the utmost of love and compassion for myself and others. And so adding that little tweak has made the world of difference for myself and others. Like I got my oldest son, as he's an adult now and, and doing quite well on his own, came to me one day and said, Dad, man, you just, you seem softer, and more compassionate and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, wow. You know, and I never told him about my purpose statement tweak. I didn't go advertise it to them or anything like that. But yeah, I think as we mature, as we get smart, and that's part of the purpose of writing the book, Dr. Dan, is to, if someone in their 20s or 30s picks this up, why can't they learn this lesson in their 20s versus waiting till they're, you know, 40 or 50 to, yes. to know the other half of the equation? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, do you feel that you were not, as you were traveling a lot and, uh, you know, like discovering the whole world, etc., do you feel that you were not um, present at home as much as you wanted. And because of that, you feel some kind of sense of regret by any chance, or do you feel that you were able to balance work and life uh, appropriately during that time that you were traveling a lot? So that's a really good question. So I, I don't have regrets, but I do have a sense of, um, I was, you know, blessing my kids with the idea of how to be successful in life through purpose and goals and some techniques and tools, how to do that. But what I didn't, you know, understand is that mindset of how to stay present. So for example, I would have, you know, I, I, I even have a planner on Amazon that, that uh, I still use every day and it's about, um, you know, balanced set of goals. So there's 90 day goals, and then 90 day actions, and they're broken up into physical, spiritual, mental relationships, financial work and other, meaning I would have a goal to have, make sure that when I'm exhausted coming home on a Friday night, I have a date with my oldest daughter okay. and do what she wants to do. And so it was purposeful living and goal setting living is amazing. But what I was missing in there is the enacting that was staying present in love and compassion. So we, you know, it, it uh, it's not really a regret. It's just something that I've added to the toolkit that can enjoy those very intentional living type of ideas, like taking your daughter out on a date or getting to the important non-urgent things in your life and not forgetting those. Cause it would have been easy to be exhausted and not get yes. to that kind of stuff. But 
still I, some of my favorite me memories of my daughter um, is taking her on a date to an ice cream shop on a Friday night, right? And getting her favorite ice cream. So that's very intentional through purposeful and goal setting living. But it was that edge of, or lack of edge of adding the compassion and love element to it and being very intentional about that. I think that is also benefited my approach. So from everything that you've learned, Rick, um, throughout your years and the book that you've written about purposes and goals, um, how do you, how can you tell our listeners or give them a few advice, piece of advice related to finding that, that, you know, walking that line where you are both thriving in your business, in your career, but at the same time, you're putting enough energy to family life, to your personal life, to friends, etc. because this is what Americans, and I, I'm sure the rest of the world as well, struggle the most with is the balance between work and life. And that's always been one of the biggest struggles among every human. So is there like a winning formula that you could uh, suggest in terms of knowing how to separate yourself from the obligation of life, but at the same time, living your life, not really putting it aside until, oh, once I retire, I'll travel. Or once I retire, I'll do this. Or once I, I, I reach 20 million in the bank account, I'll do that. It's very hard for us to wrap our mind around that. But how would you suggest to the youngsters who are actually starting their career to avoid making similar mistake as us, the baby boomers or the generation X? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, one of your points in there is, first of all, very critical. And that is to realize that that you know, when you pay off your house, or when your babies are out of diapers, or when you you know when you all when I'm paid off my education, when I, you know you can go on to this, it'll never end. If that's your mentality, there's always something else. Well, if I can get the kids out of the house and successfully through university, if I can, you know, there'll always be something to. I'll be happy when. Yes. Whereas you know, it's. Uh, you know, it's finding that joy in the journey every day, you know, athletes or great coaches uh, shouldn't bring it up since you're in the uh, Miami, Florida area, but Nick Saban, one of the most, you know, prolific coaches in NCAA history, right? What's he trust the process. It's about enjoying the journey. It's about understanding that it is a journey that I can still find joy, even if I don't get all my goals accomplished or if some, you know, I, I interviewed one time a good friend, Chris Hadfield, an astronaut who's on the space station for like eight months or something like that. It just very decorated. And, you know, his goal when he was 12 years old was to go to the moon. He never got to the moon. We stopped doing that. But look at all these other marvelous things he's accomplished because he was striving and trying to, you know, accomplish great things in his life. But the other part of your question, Dr. Dan, that I would say is start out very early, very intentional on whole life living. Meaning, you know, if you look at people, uh, maybe my generation or like, man, they are so organized at work. They have so many goals in their calendars full and they've got big, you know, big, maybe because big corporate America set those goals and they have a performance management system for them to set goals. And and then you go in their personal life and it's reactive or their spouse plans it, or it's as it happens, or as I have energy left. Yes. Where I would say, and you would probably agree, is to, to be very intentional in all the important areas of your life from the very earliest moments, right? And that's why every day to this, I plan a weekly plan based on relationships, work, 
spiritual, physical, mental, and all and developmental areas and all the important areas of my life so that I never get out of balance. Even if I'm working, heaven forbid, 70 hours a week, 50 hours a week, I'm still intentional because I have these, this is what I'm doing with the relationships with my spouse or my child. This is what I'm doing outside of work that, because otherwise you'll just get sucked in a trap and you'll never, you'll never, you'll, you'll live a life of regrets if you're not being intentional about your whole life living. And so I think that's the first step is to be very intentional, be very disciplined. Don't get sucked into, well, you know, this 20 years or, you know, and then I'll, then I'll pay attention to my kids. And I'm exaggerating slightly to make my point, but that's not where joy and happiness come from. It's from being very intentional and getting after all those areas, right? In the beginning of the book, I, I quote a um, palliative nurse in um, Australia that writes, that, that deals with dying people, right? And she said, the top five regrets uh, the, of the dying are, I wish I had the courage to live true to myself, not the life others expected me. Yes. I wish I had not worked so hard. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends and family better. And then number five, I wish I had to let myself be happier. So if we're just striving and saying, you know, 20 years from now, when the house is paid off and the kids are out, then I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> not the right answer. It won't come. Let, let's find joy in the journey every day, even if we're winning or losing. And sometimes that's hard to do, right? But um, that's why every day when I start the day with a plan of the day on this side starts gratitude and learnings. What, mm -hmm. what am I grateful for? What were the blessings yesterday? Even if they were just little tender mercies or silver linings. And then what did I learn? You know, uh, it was a bad stock market day yesterday. What did I learn? How can I do better rather than, oh my gosh, put my head in the sand yeah. and uh, pray awesome. that, you know, pray and wait. That's never a great strategy. Um, hold the lines, not bad. If you're intentional and you really understand where the economy is going, if it's, it's your finances and investment, but generally it's not a good strategy. It's, we've got to be, you know, enjoying what happened yesterday and learning from what happened. And if we can do those two things, we're going to find joy in the journey and we're going to find the happiness track. But here's where I see that, uh, your statement is true and untrue on both sides, because the thing is, is that we're being blasted, Rick, by social media. It is very hard. We always have the tendency to compare ourselves, to compare our life with the life of someone who's in, on Instagram, you know, traveling on the private jet. Why did they do this? Why or how did they get there? So that, that constant goal of always reaching the height of Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk in terms of wealth, it's always going to be a continuing toxic feed from what we see in our environment. So it's kind of difficult to be able to detach ourselves and being more living in the moment or being mindful. So how can you, right. unless if you detach yourself completely from social media and from all this fake crap that we hear online, how can you really live your life? I mean, we're, we, yeah. we're surrounded by so much, I would say, uh, false information that it's very hard to know what is true and what is untrue. Yeah, uh, great point. So, so many answers to that. One is, and I do have a chapter at the last part of the book on staying mindful and acceptance and how to do that through meditation and other stillness practices, because that was that, that journey that I found in the 40s, right? You can be striving and unhappy, right? You can be rich and unhappy, right? Shocking, 
because we all think that, you know, if I, if I can be a millionaire, then I'll, you know, it'll be happiness forever, ever. Not true. You know, a lot of very powerful, successful people with a lot of money that are not happy. And so what's that balance? But I would tell you, and social media, that is such a, I mean, the comparison, my buddy that's my age is already driving, you know, a, a gray mat Beamer 7 Series. But if you have your own purpose and your own goals and your own plan, yes, it might be tempting to believe that everyone's already happier and richer on social media. And that's not true. But um, if you have your own purpose and your own goal, stick to your plan, stick to your journey versus somebody else's. Don't be distracted by the noise of somebody else's journey Stick and have a plan. So what if I don't? Well, develop it. You know, chapter three of the book, you know, it's all about how to develop. I'm a big implementation guy, execution guy, te teaching people the how. I think there's lots of books out there that teach you the what you should be doing. I take a lot of time in this book to, to detail the how. How do you develop a, a really robust purpose statement? And people tell me, well, my faith is my purpose, or my kids are my purpose, or my work is my purpose. And I would say that's part of it. Okay. But why not take the time to really articulate who you want to be? One of my favorite questions, Dr. Dan, and I'm sure you've asked it when you're counseling people, and that how do you want to be remembered? You're at your funeral. Yes, the eulogy. And right, and the eulogy idea. And, and and once you really think that through, now we can't control what people say. This isn't about controlling what people say. But if you could imagine what you want people to say, write that down. What are they talking about? Well, he's the toughest, richest, you know, he was always right. He was always the smartest guy. No, that's not usually what we want no. people. <laughs> or, or mention you know, he had 10 cars or like five. Right. By this right. Yeah, oh, he had 15 amazing sports yeah. cars. Well, so what? You know, that that probably won't even come up. Yes. Um, but what do we want him to be saying? And then let's reverse engineer our life back to today. And okay, so if that's how we want to be remembered. And that's the type of life we want to be live, you know, living. Let's now reverse engineer that into some goals that we can start doing and start executing in order to be that. And so I love the idea of being super intentional with life so that you're not as tempted by the noise. Yeah, the, well, the social media out there that says everybody's perfect and everybody's having an amazing time but me. So if they're going to Hawaii three times a year and you're only doing one vacation, but you're saving and building, you're putting away $200 a month. So then in 35 years at 12%, you have $1.4 million. That, that's not going to go on Instagram. Yeah, they got one more trip to Hawaii a, a week or an extra vacation. But look what you got. Look at the life you built mm -hmm. uh, that won't necessarily look sexy on social media. But uh, boy, if you live intentional, live planned, and I paid attention to my relationships from the get-go. Even when I was busy and stressed with my career, I had a weekly date with my wife and a month monthly date with my kids or you know whatever it might be that you want to do to live your best life. That's how to live intentionally so you're not as distracted by the noise out there. And you know, it's interesting that you say the, the, the fact of like the three, three trips a year because people are so inclined into this instant gratification mindset right. they want to see things now they don't care about what you're going to do in 30 years or how much wealth you'll you'll accumulate they don't care about that they want to be able to see oh look at those pictures on you know hawaii beach or the north shore or whatever it is 
And also one more thing that you were mentioning about the eulogy. I mean, one of my books that I wrote, it's called Living Your Life in the Dash. So okay. which is between the birth year and the death year. There's a dash when you look at tombstones. Ah, this is how people I love that. Yes. How people will be reminded of what you've done. Did you live your life mindfully? Did you live your life in a stress? Did you live your life helping people? Did you live love scamming people? So it's a lot of things that are in that message that people really don't pay attention when they look at the tombstone. What is the dash? How do you want to live your life in it? And people, they don't really care. They just jump from birth year to death year. Yeah, but there's a lot of things that happen in between. And uh, some people are proud of what they've done. Some people live life with regret, but they still find ways to be able to change their situation instead of being stuck in it. Yeah. Um, you remind me, I did a survey. It was just 1,500 people in the US, Canada, Australia, and the UK. And I was after trying to correlate, in, in a, I'm not a social scientist or a researcher, but I was trying to correlate the uh, happy and most successful people. And I found out just in 1,500 people, uh, of the happiest people, of the people that said that they were the highest, um, they uh, had three things. And I was trying to determine the habits of the happiest people. Okay. Right. And so it was three things. The people said that they're they happiest. Number one, they um, have somebody to serve or something to serve, right? It might be in their faith community. It might be their neighbor. It might be their parents. It might be whatever, but they have a sense of caring and service for others, getting outside of their own needs, right? Number two, they exercised every day. They took care to some element of self-care, right? To make their capacity better to manage each day through exercise and it might, a lot of them was just walking. It was walking 30 minutes a day. You don't have to be an athlete and a marathon runner and blah, blah, blah. Um, like some of the things I enjoy it's some of it was just walking. And then the third thing is they have a plan each day, right? How marvelous what to have little P purpose each day, right? You've got your different goals in your life and your relationships at work, et cetera, et cetera. And you've got a plan today on what you want to accomplish inside of your 90 day goals and your bigger purpose in life. So isn't that interesting? Those three things, somebody to care and serve for uh, a little bit of self-care and exercise and a plan, just live to a plan. It gives a great sense of accomplishment is so true. as if, you know, man, I had a plan to do 15 things today and I got 12 of them done. Isn't that terrific? And, and, and they were a balanced view of my life, not just all work, work, work. So mm -hmm. Anyhow, isn't that interesting? There's some, yes. there is some core elements to stay happy. Absolutely. Actually, one of my interview with one of my uh, guests in the past, um, they, they're expert in stoicism, and they were talking yep. about the economy of control. And the thing is, is that a lot of people, when they they invest so much time, energy, effort, sacrifice, a lot of sacrifice to be able to get something in life, and it doesn't happen, and they say, "Well, I failed." And because they fail, they say that, well, this is going to be dictating the rest of my life. So I'm always going to fail. I put so much energy. What for? So the question is, again, is that there's certain things that you can control and other things that you can't. And for people, they say, well, if I put so much energy and effort into something, I can control the outcome. Well, this is where they're somewhat delusional about it. So yeah. um, how would you advise the, the young population, the generation z whatever it is millennium about where when they should let go of things that they can't control and focus on the things 
that they have full control over. And when things doesn't go their way, they should just move on and learn from it. Well, great wisdom and great counsel in there. One of the ways to do that is to focus on the leading indicators of life, not the lagging indicators. And let me explain what I mean by that. So I'll give two examples. One, if I'm trying to lose weight, it's very frustrating to focus just on the lagging indicator weight. I'm, I'm at 175 pounds. I want it to be 165 pounds. I'm not. And it gets very discouraging, right? Or I want it to be national champion and I'm not. I'm only third place. No, but <laughs> let's go back to the, you know, the weight loss example. So where the control is, is the leading indicators. I can control if I exercise 30 minutes a day, most days. Now I might have my kids or my boss or my work, but then we got to get up earlier and have a great hour of power to start the day before everyone, all the distractions. There's, there's techniques around that because I get a lot of people, well, I can't, I get pulled so many times. Well, get up an extra half, half hour early. That's within your control. Well, I'm not a morning person. Well, there's alarm clocks, there's habits, <laughs> there's rituals you can set <laughs> uh, to if that's really the only time you can get it done, because it'll make a huge difference in your life. So focus on the things you can control on the leading indicators, like, can I get 30 minutes of walking today? Can I stop eating after 730 at night? There are some leading predicting activities that if I do well, will bring me joy. And it will help me get to my eventual goal. Oh, I want it to be 165 pounds by May 30th. And I got to it by July 31st. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Focus on the things you can control. Focus on those leading activities. Same thing at work. I never actually set a money goal at work. I never said, oh, I want to make a million dollars this year. I set out to say, I want to do have 25 interactions with senior clients a month because I know that's a predicting indicator to build my consulting portfolio to get sales, to get revenue, to get bonuses, et cetera, et cetera. Focus on what you can control. Focus on those things that will help you accomplish your big lagging goals. And don't get too hang, hung up that, oh, I, I, I got it, you know, 90 days after I said I would. Who cares? If you're enjoying the journey and you're focusing on what you can control and those activities that are going to lead you to the life you want, who cares if it's 90 days later, 180 days later, it doesn't matter. The joy's in the journey. The joy's in the process. My gut feels better when I'm not eating after 7.30 at night. My head feels better when I exercise first thing in the morning, even though I'm tired at 9.30 at night because I woke up early to, you know. So focus on those things you can control. Break it down into small chunks. Break your goals into small, doable, relatable, manageable chunks. Enjoy that part. And I promise you, the lagging indicators will eventually, you can't control the economy. You yeah. can't control, right? But focus on those, those small little activities and chunks within your goals you can, and eventually you will get to that lagging result you want. So um, when you originally, in the beginning of the conversation, we were talking about those who are very goal-oriented, they really want to have to, you know, because they have a lot to prove to others, they want to be able to accomplish greatness. But yet they they're so into, you know, like their their goals and all that they don't see what's going on around them. And then they feel that there's something lacking and they realize that 10, 15, 20 years later. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to be able to advise them to be complacent or to be able to just settle. They have to also be eager to be able to have the success they're they're thriving for. So, again, that balance is so hard for people to really kind of like adapt. 
But you think through meditation and through other spiritual practices, they could accomplish that? Or if it's a part of them, if it's innate, it's impossible to get, you know, to remove it from them. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's impossible. I think we can learn anything. We may not be the best golfer in the world, but I can get better through proper coaching, proper practice. Same thing for any skill. I may not be the richest person in the world or the kindest, but I can get better, right? I may not be like as kind and loving as self is my wife, but I can get better at it. And yes, it is through practice of stillness practices every day. You know, I, I think one of the biggest gifts I, if I could, to my kids, to my people in their twenties, you know, self-awareness would be, is such a gift, mm-hmm. right? To be aware of what your actual blessings are versus just, you know, I haven't bought my Beamer yet, or I haven't got the big house yet, or, you know, so self-awareness is such a valuable skill and happiness. And so is learning, learning from the successes, you know, that growth mindset idea, rather than, you know, I've arrived and, or, you know, or I'll never do that again. I was lousy at it. Um, So this idea of self-awareness, gratitude, and learning, you know, I, I love the Nelson Mandela quote, one of my heroes out of South Africa, you know, I never lose. This is a guy 28 years in prison, right? In Robben Island. I never lose, I either win or learn. Talk about a mindset of happiness. Talk about a mindset of, uh, I'll promise that individual will have a great life. Not without setbacks, because we all have setbacks, right? But he stayed true to his intention to try to free South Africa. And after 28 years, you can say, well, he failed for 28 years. No, he was learning. He was, he was influencing, he was building credibility and capacity. And uh, to when he had his moment to shine, he did the best of his ability. And he did so without uh, what many people would call, you know, a lot less bloody or violent track than many of the countries in Africa, although there was some violence, let's not you know, uh, be uh, deceived. But anyhow, that idea that I, I'm not losing, I'm either winning or learning. That's, That's right. a great mindset. Just like Thomas Edison with the light bulb. He, yeah. learned, he learned a thousand times of how not to do the things that he did previously. So that's yeah. it's a good way. Um, so tell me, Rick, what, uh, how can people find your book? So yeah, they can go on Amazon, Live Your Purpose, a step-by-step guide to living your best life. I also have other products up there. On Amazon, this planner that I showed you, Live, the, Live Your Best Life Planner. I've got a new book on sales and rainmaking on there. So there's lots on there. Highland is spelled H-E-Y. It looks Highland, but spelled uh, H-E-Y-L-A-N-D, but, but pronounced Highland. Or you can go to my website and get many of these things as well on wwwci 4 the number 4, life.org. CI stands for continuous improvement. ci for life. Org. So either either places on Amazon, you can find my products. And on my website, you can find my coaching services, either on entrepreneurs that are trying to grow their business, and or people that are just trying to personal development and live their best life. Beautiful. Well, Rick, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 11 of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories, just like the one that you listened to today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. With strong motivation, 
you will feel energetic, focused, and happy. You'll have a strong sense of direction and purpose, as well as a feeling that you're moving towards your ideal future at a pretty good clip. When obstacles get in your way, you will cheerfully find ways to remove them and steer around them. There's no hope of success for the person who does not have a central purpose or a definite goal at which to aim. Once you determine that the important results you want are an expression of your life purpose, you cannot help but bring drive, dedication, and determination to each day's effort. You will be driven to act relentlessly to meet cherished goals, all the while feeling rewarded, satisfied, and even joyful in the process. Discovering your purpose is the most significant thing you will do in your life, and you, your loved one, and the world will be better off because of the way you went on with your journey. Steer clear of negativity and seek happiness. My name is Dr. Dan Amzalai, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.